Hello and welcome to Fit, Fun, and Frazzled. I am very excited about my episode today with my guest, Lori. Hello, welcome. Hi, how you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? Doing great. Can you tell the listeners um, a little bit about yourself and what you do? Sure. Uh, my name is Lori. I do. Uh, I work in the cannabis industry. I work in Ohio's medical marijuana program and I work in a dispensary and my job is I'm technically called a patient care specialist. And my job essentially is to help patients with medical marijuana cards in the state of Ohio, uh, choose the cannabis product that is right for them and what they need, whether it's pain or, you know, if it's a cancer, if it's cancer or whatever their issue is, uh, my job is to help match the product with the patient to make sure that they're getting what they need in the right type of form. How did you get into this field? <laughs> That's a great question, actually. <laughs> I came from the education space, and then I kind of at one point shifted over to the corporate America, still in education, but on the corporate side of it. Um, and I was doing that for years. <clears throat> I had always been kind of on the low, a recreational cannabis user here and there. I certainly didn't do it frequently, but I definitely did it, you know, occasionally here and there. Mm -hmm. um, and then I um, was diagnosed with stage three cancer in uh, 2015. And it, the treatment that I had, I had a lot of chemo, a lot, a lot of chemo. And I found after the second round of, that, of my six months of chemo, I said to my oncologist that these, the steroids that you're giving me to keep me from being nauseous and to counteract the side effects of the chemo are making me even sicker. And the steroids made me super anxious and super jittery and, and I couldn't sleep. And I was struggling with the side effects from the actual medication that was supposed to help with the side effects from chemo. Yeah. So I asked her point blank. I said, if I can manage these side effects from chemo with cannabis, you know, is it going to interfere with chemo? And she said, no, it won't interfere with your chemo. I just don't want you to get sick and I need you to be able to eat. So I said, all right, give me, give me one or two rounds with cannabis and see if I can manage it. And so she said, that's fine. So I started using, I started researching cannabis and really what would be the best for nausea, what would be the best for sleep, anxiety, of course, because I'm dealing with cancer, you know, all of these things. And I really kind of dove into it. And at that point I became um, a big, big nerd about cannabis and really started digging through and realizing this is a, a miracle plant. It's magic. And I want to be a part of this industry because it was a game changer for me with chemo. I stopped using all the steroids after treatment and oh, only wow. used cannabis. Yeah. And it was, it changed, changed the game for me. So I'm yeah. very, I became very passionate about cannabis as a medicine versus cannabis, just as, you know, a way to have a good time. Occasionally. Yeah. <laughs> uh -huh. um, what are, so can you take us through, okay. I know there is, I really only know of the THC and CBD, but aren't there other oh, types yes. of, okay. <laughs> yes, yes. That's what the is, part that's so, go ahead. No, yeah. I was just going to say, what it, what are all of the different types and what are the benefits of them all? Great question. So there's two kind of, there's two things that work here, which is kind of fun. I mean, the cannabis plant, you know, we always think of cannabis and we think THC and we're like, Ooh, you know, that's the stuff, that's the psychoactive stuff. That's the stuff that gets yeah. people stoned. You know, so when people think cannabis or weed, you know, they think, Ooh, you know, that's what they're talking about. THC. Now over the last several years, obviously CBD has kind of, kind of started to rise up a little bit and show that, Hey, I've got some really good properties here too. In fact, I've got some amazing properties and CBD is not psychoactive. So that's why CBD has really gotten a lot of press because it does some amazing things without getting you stoned. All right. Mm -hmm. So most of us know THC and CBD, but the cannabis plant has a ton of cannabinoids. Okay. Not just those two. And the other half of this is our body has a complete endocannabinoid system. So our body is set up perfectly to receive the, the cannabinoids that come from the cannabis plant. So it's a perfect synergy with how our body is set up and how the cannabis plant is set up. They, they work very well together. So we know about C THC and CBD, but there are also several other really important ca cannabinoids that are, we consider the minor cannabinoids, but when they're in the mix, they're excellent. And they, they also have their own properties. 
we know about THC in the stoner part, but THC also has some amazing properties for pain, especially. THC is really, really good about pain. THC is great for sleeping. THC has some preliminary research out there. And again, everything's preliminary with research when it comes to cannabis in the United States, because we can't really dig down deep and do research because it's still a schedule one drug. But in other countries like Israel and other countries where they have more progressive laws around cannabis, what we're seeing is some preliminary research is coming out that's showing that THC also um, has the potential, they think, to go after cancer cells, to really attack cancer cells. And we see that with some other cannabinoids as well, but that's one of the things they're really seeing with with THC. So that's pretty exciting. Um, CBD, we know that there's tons of stuff there. We know that it's good for anti-inflammatory. We know that it's good for pain relief. We know it's good for anxiety. I mean, there's so many things, but they're also seeing the CBD have any effect on cancer cells. So there's some studies there. Then we roll into things like CBG and CBN and CBC. (laughs) There's a ton of Mm -hmm. them. So when we start really doing, you know, kind of breaking down the cannabis plant, there's so many really amazing cannabinoids that individually are amazing, but when they all work together, we call that the entourage effect, can really go after things like sleep, you know, insomnia. They can go after things like, um, you know, inflammation. Inflammation is a big one. And a lot of these cannabinoids, CBG, CBD, go after inflammation, CBC. So we have a lot of individual cannabinoids that make up the greater thing. And when you put them all together, they, they do an amazing job going after a lot of the different things. That's why I use it for multiple things, right? And a lot of my patients that I work with, they don't come in and just say, I just need this one thing for pain. A lot of times they'll say, I have pain, I have anxiety, I'm struggling to eat. I'm, you know, so yeah. when you throw all these cannabinoids together, you've got all that stuff being addressed. Yeah. So typically like, you know, most people know the recreational use, like smoking it, (laughs) but what are other (laughs) methods of consumption? (laughs) There's a lot. So that's one of the big things is that a lot of people that are interested in cannabis, you know, I get, I get a lot of new patients that come in that really want to try it because they've tried so many other things that hasn't worked for them. So Mm -hmm. when they come to me, a lot of times they're like, you know, I really want to try this, but I don't want to smoke. You know, a lot of people aren't smokers. I'm not a smoker. So when people walk in there and they're like, they, they think that's the only way. So yeah. what's fun is when I say, oh, we have lots of different things you can try. You don't need to just smoke it. And to be honest, in the state of Ohio, under our medical program, it is actually not legal to smoke it in Ohio. You can okay. use flour. Flour is what, when I, when I use the term flour, I'm talking about the buds, the things that okay. people think of when they think cannabis. You know, when I say flour, flower it truly is the flower from the cannabis plant you know so when you see a nug of marijuana or bud or whatever you know people call it nug they call it bud they call it flower whatever the green stuff that people would get on the street in a baggie mm-hmm. <laughs> you know that's what people think that's flower that's the flower of the cannabis plant so but in ohio you can sell that but you're not technically supposed to smoke it so you can't technically roll it in a joint you can't legally roll it in a blunt or smoke it in a bong or anything like that you have to use what they call a dry herb vape. So you can take that product, grind it up, put it in a, in a, in a device that heats the cannabis up because you have to heat it. Cannabis has to be heated to be active for the THC and other things to be activated. So it heats it more like in an oven. It, it heats it, but it doesn't combust it. And in Ohio, okay. we can't combust. Okay. So the flour is one way, but that's how we have to do it. So if you don't, if you don't want to smoke, in the state of Ohio, that's good because you're not really technically allowed to. Okay. Okay. So you do it in vape. But if somebody says, I still don't want to do that. I didn't want, I don't want to have anything in my lungs. Fair enough. A lot of people don't want that. So then we have other options. We have edibles. And most people have at least heard of edibles. Mm-hmm. Um, we have um, tinctures. So, you know, tinctures go right under the tongue. And they, they're, for a lot of people, they're very fast acting. Um, is it like a liquid yes it's a liquid it just comes in a a little container with a dropper just put a couple drops under your tongue and let it do its thing Uh, we have topicals and i use cannabis for all body pain relief but i also use topicals topical cannabis um, products for spot you know like I, i just had surgery on my knee and my knee had been driving me crazy for a while 
So not only would I hit it on the inside with the paint, but I would also, you know, put some of the topical balm and stuff on the outside for really mm-hmm. fast, quick relief. So topicals are a great way. We have we have transdermal patches, you know. So there's a lot of different things you can do without putting it into your lungs. Yeah. Now we do have other ways besides flour to put it into your lungs. We do have oil vapes, you know, vape pens. We do have concentrates that you vape you vaporize. So there are multiple ways to inhale it as well, but there are definitely different things that different ways to consume it. Probably the most popular way for people that have never, ever used cannabis. uh, Most of them like to try either tinctures or edibles first, Mm -hmm. which are wonderful. Edibles for me personally are one of my preferred ways to consume. Um, And the thing I love about edibles is that they're very long lasting. So that means that, you know, if I take it at eight o'clock at night, I get through the night. Okay. And that feels great. Yeah. I don't, you know, even if I wake up in the middle of the night to use the bathroom or anything, I can go right back to sleep. You know? mm-hmm. So it, it's just enough. It's like, oh, and the, it relieves the pain. It makes me sleepy and it's perfect. During the day, however, I don't want that. You know, I need yeah. to function. I have children. I have a job. I have, I have to, you know, be a functioning adult. (laughs) So during the day, now I don't smoke cigarettes. I've never been, you know, that kind of a smoker, but I do use flour. I will uh, inhale, you know, I'll vape the flour. I'll, I'll use a vape pen occasionally just maybe to cut, take the edge off a little bit, Mm -hmm. but not make me stoned or use a lower dose THC, a little more CBG or CBD to help with that without having the psychoactive effects. So there are lots of different ways you can do this. It just depends on what your preference is. And people, yeah. a lot of people like me do the mixed thing. They'll do a little bit of flour here because the effects of flour are different than the effects of an edible, okay? Hmm. Because flour will, you'll feel flour and vape oil quicker and, and also concentrate. You'll feel those pretty fast. You know, usually within, you know, 10, 15 minutes, you're gonna feel something. Edibles are different. Edibles usually take a little, we, the, the rule with edibles is start with a low dose and go slow because edibles take time to release. They get, because they go through the digestive system and, and they have to be metabolized through the liver. Yeah. So it takes longer for you to feel the effect of an edible, but when you do feel the effect of an edible, they can be much, much more intense. So a lot of people that are flower users, when they move over to edibles, they get a little bit of a shock because they're like, whoa. <laughs> yeah, I'm really, really stoned, and that's why I always tell people, I'm like, if you're not an edible user, they're like, oh, I'm a, I'm a regular cannabis smoker. I can do a high dose edible. I'm like, yeah, maybe not, <laughs> because your body, your body breaks that down a little bit differently, and you can be surprised about how the punch that it could pack. So when I'm yeah. working with patients that have never done this before and they want an edible, I always start them with a low dose because mm-hmm. edibles are, they can be a little tricky, but when you find your, your sweet spot with edibles, they're wonderful. They're very wonderful. And you might find your sweet spot on the very first try. You know, that's what a good patient care specialist will do. Try to really match you with something that's a good fit for you. Yeah. So, but Just, I love edibles and they come in lots of different forms. We have chocolates, we have gummies, there's, mm. you know, rice crispy bars. We have drinks. There's honey. There's, bars. <laughs> yeah, we have those. We have, there's honey. There's, <laughs> there's peanut butter. We have olive oil. There's, I mean, we have butter, you know, it, it's crazy how much stuff yeah. you can get, you know, that's infused. It's, and it's awesome because it gives people a lot of options. So say, okay. So say you, you do have, you have cancer or you have anxiety or like, um, arthritis or something. Do you just talk to your like oncologist then, or your psychiatrist and ask about this or how do you go about um, getting medical marijuana? Great question. In fact, it's funny because when I did do this, when I was going through active treatment, um, even my oncologist, she's now retired, but she was in her seventies. Uh, she was very open-minded and very awesome about it. But that was her first question. She's like, well, where do you get it? Do you just go off on down on the street? <laughs> I said, no, no, that's not how it works. I said, you know, uh, but in Ohio, the way our program is set up in Ohio. There's 21 or well, 25 qualifying conditions. Now they've added a couple. Um, and if you do to do a Google search, there's tons of information about what the qualifying conditions are in Ohio, mm-hmm. but you know, things like, I mean, cancer, obviously HIV, 
um, you know, PTSD, epilepsy, um, there's wasting syndrome. I mean, and there's, and there, there's so many of them, um, Crohn's disease. I mean, things like that. there's, there's wow. tons and tons of, of different qualifying conditions. So there's 25 in Ohio. There's actually nine more up in front of the state right now to try and see if we can get those approved, including mm-hmm. things like opioid use disorder, because what they're finding is that despite what we were taught growing up, that cannabis is a gateway drug. Yeah. What they're finding is it's just the opposite. You know, more and more research is coming out that's showing that, you know, transitioning people over to cannabis can help pull people off of opioids, you know, to help that. That's a much more gentle withdrawal. It's a much more gentle yeah. I mean, to get them off of the opioids into something. And there's no, when you quit using cannabis, there's no physical withdrawal. You might have a psychological, like, I really want this because I like the way it makes me mm-hmm. feel, but there's not a, a physical, like, you know, you're not going to have the withdrawal and the shakes and all, you know, you're not going to have all that stuff. So what they're finding is people that, and I work with a lot of patients that actually are in recovery from opioids and they use cannabis. They said, it saved my life. I haven't used an opioid Mm -hmm. in six years. And it's because I've been able to use this instead for, because a lot of people that are using opioids started the way that, that, that many people do that get addicted. They had an injury or they had a surgery Mm -hmm. or something and they started using the prescription and they got addicted to it and they couldn't because they were in pain. So they kept using it because they were in pain. So to be able to shift them over to something like cannabis, which is much more gentle on the body for pain instead of opioids, it also helps, you know, get them off of the opioids from an addiction standpoint. So that's helpful. There's also, um, there's a proposal to try and put things like um, anxiety and depression. That is those right now currently in the state of Ohio are not qualifying conditions, although they are in a lot of other states. Now in the state of Ohio, this is up for review. And I will tell you that even I, even though I have patients that their qualifying condition might be cancer, might be HIV, might be, you know, chronic pain, which is the most common, by the way, chronic yeah. pain is the most common uh, condition for getting a card. Even though that's their official diagnosis, a lot of them will tell me point blank, you know, this helps my anxiety so much. You know, this, I'm so anxious and, and cannabis has helped me with that. So even though it's not technically a qualifying condition, a lot of people use it for that anyway. Yeah. So there's an autism spectrum disorder is also in front and that they've tried to get that a couple of times. And that one may have a chance of pass. And that's important because we don't want people to think that, Hey, what we're saying is get your kids stoned. All yeah. Right? And that's, I have a child on the spectrum. Okay. And he's very high functioning. But the reality is that, you know, there have been many times when I've thought to myself, gosh, you know, a little bit of CBG and little tiny low dose THC just to kind of, you know, because they work better together, not mm-hmm. enough to get him stoned, but enough to calm him when he's, you know, because anxiety is his co-diagnosis with, with his, um, mm-hmm. you know, his autism. So to keep him, his anxiety down, you know, I'm like, boy, there are times when he's flared up so badly. I'm like, man, I wish I could use cannabis right here to try and bring him back down. So I started using a, a CBG only supplement with him mm-hmm. and it made the world a difference. He was on Zoloft at one point and I started to gradually wean him off of that as I was adding the CBG into the mix. And now he's completely off of that and he's mm-hmm. only using CBG. Yeah. And he's doing great. He's mm-hmm. an honor student. He's an honor roll student. You know, he's doing awesome. Aww, that's so, great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, so I'm like, you know, so when we, when people hear that stuff, they get scared like oh, autism. We're not going to get our kids stoned. No, you're not. You're not going to get your kids stoned. There's a lot of different ways to use cannabis without getting stoned. So that's the important thing that people know. But those are some of the qualifying conditions. Now, back to your original question, you know, how do you get it? You're right. You can't just go to your doctor and say, like my oncologist, she was totally down with this. She's fine. But she couldn't say, hey, here, go get it. Yeah. I had to go to a doctor that, and you know, people always make fun of, they call them the weed doctors. But they're real doctors. They're real doctors that have gone one step further and gotten an additional certification so that they can recommend cannabis. So these are doctors that, you know, are, you know, experts in their own field, but then they get this additional certification. So you go to one of those doctors and a lot of them are doing them online now because of COVID and everything that happens. So you can do a lot of this stuff right from your own house, but you just, you know, you have to show your paperwork that shows, look, I have, I do have a qualifying condition for this. And then that doctor will ask you your background about cannabis. And then once you're done, 
you come out with a card, you register with the state of Ohio, and then you can walk into any dispensary in the state. Only in Ohio. <laughs> you go to Pennsylvania yeah. with your Ohio card. They do not have reciprocity. They do, however, have reciprocity in Michigan. Hmm. So you can use your Ohio card in Michigan, although Michigan is a recreational state. So you don't oh, necessarily really? have to have a It is a rec state, yeah. So then switching, what is rec versus medical? The difference? Well, I mean, you kind of know the difference, but... <laughs> <laughs> Well, there are some, there are some key differences too. And even in states where they have, so rec, when we talk about rec cannabis, we're talking about recreational programs. It would be exactly this, or some people, some places call them adult use. It's exactly like alcohol. Okay. What all that means is in that state, you can walk into a dispensary. You don't have to have a medical card and you can, you can choose whatever cannabis product you want and buy it just like you would with alcohol. You have to be in a certain age. You have to show your ID, all these things, just like you would with alcohol. So a yeah. 15 year old can't walk into a rec- recreational cannabis store and buy cannabis. You still have to be 21, just like alcohol. And mm-hmm. that's, so that's the recreational program. That means that you can go anywhere in the state and go into a dispensary, anybody 21 and up and get, get cannabis, just like alcohol. A medical program means that you have to have been diagnosed with a condition to qualify you for buying medical cannabis. There's a lot of states in this country that have a medical program that do not have a rec, so you will need a card. But even if you're in a state, let's say like Colorado or Michigan or states, Illinois, where they have a robust recreational program, and there are several states, I just named a few, there are lots of rec states in in the Mm -hmm. United States. Ohio's Ohio's coming, just an FYI. There's a lot of rumbling in the background. It will be rec in Ohio at some point. Mm -hmm. So, but even if you have that, it's really important if you're a medical patient to hold on to your medical card, because in a lot of states that have both programs, there's a couple benefits to that. One of them being that medical patients often can get different types of products that rec patients cannot. Higher THC mm-hmm. products, higher, higher everything, basically, if you need it for like people with, in, in, you know, um, really intense pain or really intense issues, medical patients in a lot of states get better, higher tier products, I should say, not yeah. better, but higher tier. Okay. Yeah. Also, and this is important to notice too, because the, the reality is that even though this is technically a medical program, none of it is covered by insurance, none of it. So if you mm. get your card, it's out of pocket. If you buy your, your cannabis products, it's all out of pocket and it's expensive. Yeah. So in a medical program, a lot in the States that have both, what, what we're finding is that the medical side of it has a much, much lower tax rate. So when you go to buy your product, it's cheaper. You can get a, a higher, you know, dosage product but you get it cheaper than on the rec side the rec tax especially in, like in colorado is like insanely high compared to their medical so yeah. i always tell people look even if ohio goes rec you might want to hold on to your medical card if there's specific products that you want and if you're yeah. trying to save money <laughs> yeah it can be very expensive yeah so that's one of the biggest things you know and like like you know we talked about once you decide okay i'm going to do this there are so many places to get cards now. Mm-hmm. And when I, when I first started in this industry to get your medical card was around $300 for the year. Okay. I'm like, Ooh, that's <laughs> pricey. Now that yeah. started to come down. It's, that's definitely come down and renewals now have, have also come down. Like I renewed my card this year for $80. Okay. Mm-hmm. So there it's coming down and that's for a full year. Mm-hmm. Okay. So there, the prices are starting to adjust. The prices of the cannabis products are starting to adjust. They're still a little high compared to other states, but Ohio's program is still a very new program. So yeah. that's part of it. You know, we're, we're, all, we're only three years old in this program. So oh, I it's didn't getting know that. better. Huh. Yeah. I mean, it was supposed to take, we were supposed to start opening dispensaries in 2018, but the state got behind. Yeah. Improving things. So nothing opened. We opened our dispensary in May of 2019. Okay. okay. The first one opened, I believe, in January of 2019. So 2019 is when everything really kind of started getting up and running. And the improvements and the changes to the program over the last three years are wonderful. And it's going to continue to get better. The, the quality of the products, the pricing is going to continue to come down. It's going to be, it's getting better all the time. There's still work to be done, but we're definitely work, moving in the right direction mm-hmm. for that. So, you know, that's definitely encouraging. (laughs) Yeah. 
What would you say for, for a parent that is using it for medical use for like cancer or chronic pain, um, that has kids, whether they're little or older, but they don't want their kids to like smell it or know about it, (laughs) I guess. (laughs) Well, that's one of the nice things about having options for how you want to consume it. Yeah. Because I mean, the reality is that flour is the stinkiest. (laughs) There's there's no, you cannot get away. If if you use flour, it's going to smell like weed. I mean, that's just the truth. You know, I met, I, I was a little bit embarrassed because, you know, my kids, my twins had a birthday party. You dropped, I think you dropped your your daughter off that (laughs) that night. And I was having, I had, um, I just had knee surgery, but I hadn't had Mm -hmm. it quite yet. So my knee was just that particular day. I was just struggling so badly with pain and we were getting to the later in the day. So as the day goes on, I tend to medicate a little more intensely because I know that I'm done. I don't have to drive anywhere and stuff, Yeah. but I was really struggling. So, and I needed something quickly. So I went upstairs to my room and I used a little bit of flour. Well, one of my friends dropped her kid off and she's like, you know, it smells like weed in here. I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) and I had done it upstairs in my bathroom as far away from the main area as possible, but it's, I'm like, oh. Like with all these parents, I'm like, I swear I'm not, I'm not smoking weed in front of your children. I promise, you know, (laughs) but it felt, I was like, oh no, my house smells like, like cannabis. But if you don't want to have that smell in your house or you Mm -hmm. don't want that, you know, I always tell people, if you don't want your house to smell like cannabis, don't buy flour or do your flour outside. If you're going to use flour, because that will make your house. I mean, it won't, it's not like cigarettes. It goes away. Yeah. It doesn't stay, you know, but if you've recently used cannabis, it will smell like cannabis in your house. So I'm like, listen, if you don't want any of that, don't get flour. Yeah. That's when you look at things like, that's one of the reasons people love vape pens, the oil vapes. And I'm not talking about the ones on the street that were causing all the problems with the lungs a few years ago. These, Mm -hmm. everything, one thing to, I want to make clear too, is everything in the state of Ohio that's sold in dispensary is tested, tested for pesticides, molds, you know, anything like that. There's, mm. there's lots of you know, metals, things like that. So everything yeah. is tested. So, you know, anything that you get from a dispensary in Ohio is quote unquote clean. There's no, that's the, one of the scary things about working with people on the street is you never know exactly what's, what's in any product. So, and when those people were getting sick with all the vape, you know, the vape pens a few years back, it's because yeah. they were cutting it with some stuff that shouldn't be in there. It's not good for your lungs. Everything mm-hmm. that's sold in a dispensary in the state of Ohio has been tested and approved through the state. So you can take, I always tell people, like, you can be calm you know, and take comfort in that you're not going to get something that's tainted. So that being said, I always tell people, listen, if you want to be able to use, if you want to inhale it, use, use an oil vape because they're very discreet and they don't smell. Mm-hmm. And that's the biggest, that's the biggest thing people like about those. They can take them with them someplace you know, they, they don't smell, they can use them in their, inside their home. They don't, they don't have that strong cannabis smell. So if you're a parent and you want to use it and you don't want to do an edible or something like that, that's what I recommend. I'm like, use a vape. A vape pen will do the trick for you without making Mm -hmm. your house smell like cannabis. So that's one way to do it. Obviously edibles are a big, big uh, popular choice with parents, you know, and for anyone that's concerned about edibles and their kids getting into them because they look appealing like candy. I can promise you that the state of Ohio is very strict about that. Um, I can't even tell you as an adult woman, how many times I've had to take scissors to my packaging to get my my products out because they are so locked down. The packaging is Mm -hmm. so hard sometimes to get into because of that. Everything is childproof, but to the point where it's so childproof that it's adult proof too. Yeah. I'm like, ah, can we make these a little bit easier to open? But it's, it's definitely something that's front and center when the state, when they created this program was how do we pre- prevent kids from getting into this stuff? So, you know, I have different feelings about that. Not that I want my children to get into it, but if that were to happen, a child gets into cannabis and I'm, I don't want my kids into cannabis, but if a kid yeah. it unintentionally takes an edible, they may be a little uncomfortable, you know, because they're not used to cannabis. And they're not used to that feeling. But I always tell people, listen, don't panic because it's cannabis. They're not going to die from cannabis. They might be a little mm-hmm. uncomfortable. They might be a little hungry. <laughs> they might get the munchies. 
they might be a little giggly and they might be sleepy. All right. Mm -hmm. All those things could happen, but I can promise you they're going to be okay. So Mm -hmm. I, you know, I tell people lock them up, put them in a lock spot or put them somewhere where your children can't get them. If that ever happens, it's okay. They're not going to die. They're going to be all right. You know, it's just a little uncomfortable for, for a while. Yeah. But the other, the other thing is, you know, again, there's, there's the tinctures, there's the topicals, all that stuff is perfect. If you're, if you're worried about kids. Now, what I do, and I'm a little bit different with, and, and that's just me as a parent, you know, my parenting style, you know, for me, I was using that as medicine when I was going through chemo and I was so sick that I couldn't hide it all the time. Flour, mm-hmm. I needed to use flour because flour was fast. And if I was nauseous and I felt like I was going to vomit, I could use some flour and it would calm that quickly. So yeah. it was going to smell like that. So I have basically approached it with my children that this is medicine, you know, and I use this medicine even today, you know, even though I'm not in chemo anymore, I use this medicine just like I would use any other medicine. You know, mm-hmm. I take it, you know, and th- I have normalized it to the point where my kids understand that, you know, when, if they want to take a sip of my water, like sometimes I'll use, we have, um, there's also way, other ways to take it, to take cannabis. Like I have a powder. It's, it's an infusion powder that you can put in coffee, tea, anything, anything, right? Mm-hmm. Just, it's, just, it's just a different way to get your cannabis. And sometimes I'll put it in my water. And my kids know, mom, is, is there medicine in this? Before they take yeah. a sip, they know to ask. They know to ask me all the time. Like if I have a cookie, is this, is this a medicine cookie or is this a regular cookie? So they, they will mm-hmm. know not to just take something because they understand that, that I use cannabis throughout the day for different, you know, in different ways. And they're, they want to make sure. So it's become kind of a normalized thing here that they don't view this as, Oh, my mom's sitting around getting stoned. That's not what I'm doing. And they know that, that mom's medicating, you know, I know that smell, not a big deal, you know, and my oldest son is almost 16. So it's, you know, it's a, it's a delicate balance because he's a teenager Mm -hmm. and I'm sure he's curious. We've had lots of very good conversations about it. And I've even said to him, like, listen, I don't want, this is not for you. Mm-hmm. Not at the mm-hmm. stage of your life. I said, as you get older, you know, you are on the spectrum and, you know, this could be medicine for you when it's approved. But I said, even if you're curious from a recreational standpoint, you need to make me the promise that when you feel like you want to try this as you get older, not right now, that you will yeah. do this with me in a safe environment because I know about this and I'm going to make sure that you're Mm -hmm. safe and that you have safe product. So we're not going to do anything like that for a long time, but Mm -hmm. you know, I've made it so it's not such a mystery, like, Ooh, you know, try this. So, you know, and I keep all my stuff, obviously, you know, in my room, it's in a safe spot. They can't get into it. So yeah, you you can parent and be a cannabis user and still be a very Mm -hmm. good parent. Yeah. If you have a qualifying condition, how would someone go about getting, you know, their, um, what is it? Their card, their medical card, and then Mm -hmm. starting this. The way you do it is, um, there are so, like I said, there are so many places to, to get your card. Now I always tell patients, I'm like, listen, you can just do a search on Google. Just say Ohio medical marijuana card. There's a million places it'll pop up what I tell people is price shop, you know, because some of them are more expensive than others. Okay, um, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. You can price. I mean, like one place might say, Hey, get your medical marijuana card for $250. One month, the other place yeah. might say you can get it here for a hundred. Uh, guess where I'm going. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So, and there are also some places that are online only. So there's like, there's a place called NugMD. It's N-U-G-G, of course, NugMD.com. And they serve people in different States. And all you do is hit Ohio, and they'll, they'll connect you in with a doctor and it's all online. I mean, it's a, it's a online conversation. So mm-hmm. as long as you have a qualifying condition and you have some type of paperwork that indicates that, you know, all I had to do is show, look, here's my diagnosis that said I was, I had cancer. So that's all they need. And then they talk to you about cancer or cannabis a little bit. You see your experience with it. Have you ever used it? You know, how was that? And give you some, they give you some recommendations on what they think might work for you. And then once you're done with all that, you get your card. And when I say get your card, there's no physical card in Ohio. You, you get a thing from your doctor. It'll be a link. You go to it. It's a website, the Ohio, state of Ohio Medical Marijuana Control Program website. 
you do all your registration stuff, they already have your recommendations. So then they'll, they'll, you'll have an online card. You can download it to your mm -hmm. phone, print it off, whatever. Once you have that, you go to a dispensary of your choice. And there's a lot of them around here. I work at the one in Lorraine. So it's about 20 minutes from here. Okay. Um, but you get your card, you walk in, you show them your card, you show them your, your ID because you have to have an ID that goes with your card. So however you're registered for the state, it's going to ask you for an ID, whether it's passport, driver's license, whatever. You show them that. Once you're in, you go in and we take you back to the back and we work with you. We just say, what are you, what are you looking for today? What are you trying? What, what's your ultimate goal? Are you looking for pain relief? Are you looking for, um, you know, anxiety relief? Are you looking for, are you trying to get better sleep? You know, what, what, what yeah. is, you know, like, oh, I've got, you know, I've got, I've got digestive issues. Okay. Then we'll look at this type of product. So you, that, then that's what our job is. Our job is to mm -hmm. try and match you with what is the best fit for you. You know, I have patients come in all the time. Like, I don't want to smoke. I'm like, okay, no flour, no vape. Yeah. Let's look at edibles. Let's look at topicals. Let's look at other things that would work for you. You know, other people say, Ugh, I hate edibles. Or for some people, edibles don't work as well because yeah. they don't have as many of the endocannabinoids going on in their digestive system to receive that. So for some people, for whatever reason, just edibles don't work. So then I'm like, okay, we won't look at edibles. Let's look at other stuff. So you yeah. just have to match it. And somebody that comes in and who is a regular daily cannabis user and medicates daily, like I do, is going to be a very different person than the person that's brand new that's never done this because my tolerance mm -hmm. for cannabis is much higher. So that's another question. If somebody says, I want to try edibles, but I've never tried them, I'm not going to give them a 50 milligram edible. I'm going to give them a five mm -hmm. <laughs> because, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to have someone's first experience with cannabis be so intense that they're like, oh my gosh, I can't do this. You know? Yeah. Cannabis is wonderful, but you have to do it right. Otherwise, mm -hmm. it's going to be uncomfortable like anything else. You know, if you drink too much, you're going to be uncomfortable. Yeah. If you have too much cannabis, you're going to be uncomfortable. You know, we call that, you know, greening out <laughs> versus getting <laughs> drunk. You know, you green out. And, you know, yeah. anyone who's ever used cannabis, you know, for an extended period of time, like like me, or there's going to be times when, yeah, you green out. It's like, oop, eh, a little too much. Dang. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've done that. I'm like, oh, the pain is so intense. I'm like, so I'll take a bigger edible. And I'm like, and then later I'm like, oof, yeah, that was a little too much. <laughs> you know and then you learn it's like oh it's not comfortable but I, you know yes yeah, i'm like i'm not gonna die i'll be all right this, this yeah. is annoying I'm, I'm annoyed at myself for doing that so my job when i work with patients is to make sure that they get the right amount you know make sure mm -hmm. they're not uncomfortable and their experience with cannabis is positive so that they can decide okay this is working i'm gonna and what you'll find is a lot of people will come in daily i hear this you know what i used to take a, B, C, D, E, F, G medicine. And now I'm only taking one in this, you know, or I'm off of all of those things. And I only take yeah. two things, cannabis and something else. So it's wild to see the success stories with a lot of my patients that have been like, wow, this really changed the game for me. You know, mm -hmm. I love stories like that because honestly, that's why we're there. And it's an yeah. amazing plant. It, it's, you know, we talk about the terpenes, terpenes. And we talk a little bit about the different cannabinoids, but you know, plants, all plants have terpenes, right? It's, this is where the essential oils come from, right? Yeah. The smell that you smell in lavender is from the terpenes. You know, the smell of, you know, when you smell pepper, that's from, a, a, that smell comes from a terpene and, you know, multiple terpenes, but like caryophylline is a great example. Caryophylline is when you smell cloves, when you smell pepper, mm -hmm. when you smell things that have like a little bit of spiciness, a lot of times yeah. there's caryophylline in that. Well, caryophylline is also a terpene that you find a lot of times in cannabis, right? And caryophylline is known as kind of a mood booster. It's, it's an anti-inflammatory. It's an antibacterial. Mm -hmm. So when you find these different terpenes in strains of cannabis, it can help you. Be, okay, wow. You know, I'm, I want something that makes me feel up and happy. And, you know, I'm, you know people with depression will often be looking yeah. for stuff like that. You know, so what we do is we look at different strains and we look, okay, what, what terpenes are in here that would, that could be helpful? Well, this one has a lot of caryophylline in it. Great. Pinene is really good for memory. It's good for creativity. You know, that's one that's also an anti-inflammatory. You have myrcene, which is one of the most popular, most abundant, I should say, terpenes in, in the cannabis flower. And that's wonderful for pain. 
You know, when people come in and they say, I've got so much pain, the first thing I do is look for cannabis that has a lot of mercine as part of the terpene profile, because you know, that's going to hit that pain hard. People mm-hmm. say, I want to, I want to use cannabis, but I don't want to get the munchies. And let's be <laughs> honest. That is definitely a, one of our side effects. You know, cannabis has, it's not like it's perfect. There are definitely side yeah. effects. And that is one of them. The munchies are definitely a real thing. Um, <laughs> believe me, I know. So when people say, I want to have, I need this, but I don't want to eat all the time. So I look for stuff that has a lot of, a lot of humulene, humulene in it because that terpene is a known appetite suppressant. So mm. I try to find that for myself too, <laughs> because I'm like, ah, I can't have these munchies all the time. So that's, and I mean, that's the big deal when you work in this industry. I mean, we can sit here and talk all day about how great it is as a medicine, but some of the stereotypes aren't wrong. I mean, munchies are a real thing. There yeah. is a real thing. There is something that we refer to in the cannabis industry as couch lock which is, you know, when people think of the word stoner, oftentimes they think about the person sitting on the couch, staring off into space with their mouth dropped open, catching flies, right? (laughs) I mean, and that's not 100% wrong with certain strains of cannabis. I mean, if you get a really heavy indica strain, there's there's sativas and indicas. Mm -hmm. Sativas are, and again, this is really more about the terpenes than just the indica sativa, but as a rule, Sativa strains are often associated with um, energy and focus and creativity and euphoria and a lot of like just kind of being up and awake and put it this way. I don't use sativa strains before I'm going to bed. Okay. Okay, Yeah. Sativa strains are what I would use during the day. Indica strains are the opposite. They tend to be relaxing and sedate, you know, sedating, and they can be um, just calming and they're great for anxiety. They're great for sleep. They're great for pain. Indica strains. I'm a, I prefer indica strains, but part of it is because I don't use cannabis generally until the evening. Mm-hmm. All right. I don't use, I don't use a lot of cannabis during the daytime just because I, I want my head clear mm-hmm. and the amount of THC that I need to cut pain is a little bit higher. So I don't, I don't, I, I don't want to, I can't be stoned during the day. I have to function. I have to parent. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I use indicas later, but indica is what a lot of people, you know, that associate cannabis with, it's like that, we call it indica in the couch, you know, mm-hmm. when you got a stuck, he's like, oh, you know, that's the typical stoner staring off into space, you know, but again, there's so many different ways to use cannabis where you're not like that. So if somebody says, yeah. I want something that relieves my pain, but I don't want to be couch locked, I'll try to find something that has a lot of mercy in it that can be calming and can be sedating but also find some other stuff that maybe has maybe mercine and a little bit of pinene or mercine and a little bit of caryophylline, something to kind of balance that a little bit. So it's not so heavy. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's a lot of science in the cannabis way more than people think. It's not just yeah. you know stoners, right? There's a lot of science and there's also a lot of art in matching the right stuff with the right patient, you know, making sure that you're connecting and getting the, them the right product for what they need mm-hmm. but I'm a huge well, fan I think cannabis is a wonder plant I really do yeah this has been so like educational and eye-opening because I don't think even myself like I didn't realize the there's such a scientific you know side of it as well and the art that you just said and that's what I love and I love giving my listeners other avenues and, you know, things, not just, um, pharmaceutical medicine and stuff, you know, there's other avenues you can try. It's for me, I, I, you know, it's weird because, you know, some people still have that mentality. And I mean, I don't blame people. I mean, we, we grew up, you know, being preached at, you know, it's a drug and it's bad, like every other drug, you know, and it, we have to kind of unlearn some of the things that we were taught because a lot of the stuff we were taught is not accurate. And a lot mm-hmm. of the stuff we taught, unfortunately, when you look at the history of cannabis in this country, that's the other thing. There's a lot of, there's a lot of politics and political stuff with cannabis in this country. There's a lot of racism with, with cannabis in this country. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you look at the history of cannabis, it was legal the majority of the time that this country has, has been in existence and it's been elite it's been legal around the world the majority of 
you know, humanity. It wasn't until, you know, you get into the, the Henry Ainsling, there are people that they started the DEA and they, they, they wanted to find, if you look at the political history, it was just another way to kind of control, unfortunately, black and brown people. And, you know, yeah. I don't want to get too far into that mix, but so when you look at the laws and the way that we were brought up, we were told it's so bad, it's so bad, it's so bad. When the reality mm-hmm. is that cannabis has been used as medicine for thousands of years, thousands of years before that, and can, has continued in other countries to be, it's, it has been a medicine forever. And then we, we made it illegal for this period of time. And now people are like, wait, what are we doing? We're pumping yeah. people full of these pharmaceutical drugs that have horrific side effects and, mm-hmm. you know, addiction, you know, possibilities and stuff. And when we have a, 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 a plant, yeah, a plant medicine that's right here that it can, you know, so there's, there's a lot of that. And that's part of the reason that we're kind of stuck in this weird cannabis purgatory right now where it's sort of kind of legal, but not totally legal. And it, it's frustrating, you know, because it's a plant and it should just be available to people that want to use it, especially from, from a medicine standpoint. So yeah. it's a really interesting, you know, there are so many great documentaries on cannabis. There are cooking shows about cannabis, which are super fun to show to show different ways that cannabis can be used. There's one on Hulu called Bong Appetit, which is wonderful. Mm-hmm. They show how they use different types of cannabis in each course of the meal. And some oh. of it's not and the not and the non-psychoactive for some of it too. So you're not getting stoned to, to the bejesus the entire meal. Yeah. You know, but learn showing how because it's a plant and it's an herb. People can use it to flavor things. You know, there's another one called Cooking with Cannabis, I think on Netflix that I've, you know, I've watched a lot of these shows because it's so interesting how people find new ways to use cannabis. You know, when we, when we take all the shackles off, we realize this plant is so good for so much. There's so mm-hmm. many things you can do with it and it's awesome. So, and the other thing that I love about it is that people who work in this industry tend to be very passionate about cannabis, you know, and that's fun because you get these people that are like, I always heard like they nerd out about about cannabis and they're so into the cultivation and they're so into the processing of like how do we turn it from flour into food and how do we turn flour into concentrates and topicals and it's fun to learn how they do all this stuff Mm -hmm. and when you I went to a cultivation site last week and I got to see the little pretty flowers grow and it was awesome you could see all the different stages of you know when they're when they're clones and their babies and how they get to the point where they're flowering but the best part of it for me of all of it was listening to the head cultivation expert who talked about these plants like they were humans. Yeah. He would talk about them in each, I mean, and they really truly believe this. And a lot of people in the cannabis industry do talk about the plants like they're, they're well, they are, they're living, living beings. But he talked about, he's like, you know, when we went to each different room, he was explaining, you know, the lighting and the heat. He's like, we ask a lot of these plants. We expect a lot. We want them to be happy. We want them to feel cozy and loved and warm. And then we want them to be happy. He kept saying happy and joyful about these plants, you know, and the more he talked, the more I was like, I love this guy because he's talking about these plants as if they're his kids or they're, you Mm -hmm. know, he's like, and so he wants so badly to take very good care of them because the better we care we take of them, the more they're going to yield and they're going to work hard for us. And we want to make sure that that they feel appreciated. (laughs) He used that word too, appreciated and loved. And then when they get, he's like, when we get to harvest, he does like a little ceremony, thanking oh. all the plants for their hard work, you know, because they're going to be put back into the rotation and, you know, going again. So it's really interesting how, you know, he, he, you know, can get these plants going. So, you know, and how he loves them, like they're people, <laughs> but yeah. you'll talk to a lot of, a lot of cannabis nerds will talk about their plants like that. They love them. <laughs> they talk to them. They play music. I mean, they really love these plants. <laughs> it's fun. <laughs> Well, have you ever heard that like experiment that like water molecule experiment when you talk to like a water molecule and tell it it's beautiful and like all these positive affirmations and positive things. And then you talk to a water molecule and say like negative things, like you're ugly, you're stupid. And then you look through it and under a microscope, um, the one that had the positive stuff looks pretty. And then the other one that you said negative stuff looks like bad and just, yeah. Wow. That no, mm-hmm. I hadn't, I hadn't heard, but it makes sense. I mean, you know, yeah, I mean, I'm kind of that way. I mean, I everything I've, I'm one of those people that truly believes that you know, we are everything is energy, we are all all living beings, you know, create energy, we're all energy. So, why wouldn't a plant be, you know, any different? I mean, yeah, it's a living entity, it has energy. I mean, everything is energy, 
you know, the moon, the planets have energy, yeah. you know, that's why astrology is, is a thing, you know, I mean, and people are like, well, I don't believe in that. I'm like, do you believe in the tides and the moon? Like, yeah. Because they, they do impact each other. And there's a reason we say, was well, it a full moon? Because mm-hmm. we're recognizing when we say stuff like that, we're acknowledging that it, energy, you know, the energy that impacts, you know, even up there. So of course, you know, plants have energy too. And I, 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 I love that story though, about the water, because that's pretty much how they feel about these plants. And it's, it's really interesting, you know, to think about that, you know, that these plants might be producing more because they feel happy, <laughs> mm-hmm. but I guess it makes sense. I mean, you know, I kill plants left and right in my house, so yeah. they're probably very unhappy, <laughs> <laughs> very unhappy, <laughs> but that's why, well, I shouldn't say that's why I don't grow my own cannabis. I don't grow my own cannabis because in the state of Ohio, it's not legal. That's not one of the things in our program. We are not allowed to grow our own, at least at this stage. Mm-hmm. There's a big push from, from patients to be able to be able to grow a few of our own plants in our own home. But as of right now in Ohio, you cannot grow your own. In Michigan, you can. In a lot of states, you can do what they call home grow. But that is not part of Ohio's program at this point. But I know that there's a huge, huge push from the patient community to allow that to happen, you know, to have, you know, a certain number of plants that are your own, you can grow your own. So yeah. we'll see if that happens. But if it does, I may take a stab at it and see if I can not kill, <laughs> kill these plants. We'll see. But yeah. Not quite there yet. <laughs> I want to well, be a better green thumb, but I'm not good at it. Oh, I'm not either. I mean, our vegetable garden this past, um, well, last summer. Yeah. So last summer didn't take at all the year before it did like our first year when like COVID was like stay at home orders, we started Mm -hmm. a garden and we did really well then, but this past summer, nothing, we had nothing, nothing took. Yeah. I was like, Oh, (laughs) that's great. (laughs) And I keep telling myself, I'm going to, I'm going to have a garden. I'm going to do a garden. And then I'm like, I know myself, I know it's going to die. I I mean, I, I killed bamboo. I mean, how does that happen? How do you kill bamboo? you really have to do nothing except for put it in a thing and give it water once in a while. I mean, I was, yeah, I'm terrible. I, I really want to be better at this, but this I is why you're... I work on this side of the cannabis industry and not in the cultivation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think we had one jalapeno this year and we had like cucumbers, tomatoes, lettuce, green peppers, jalapenos. Oh, our lavender took too, but we planted Ooh, that yeah. the year before. Like lavender just blooms, like whatever. Lavender, so that lavender goes thing, crazy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I had lavender at my last house and it was against the side of the house, but it grew out over the driveway because the sun, the afternoon sun was there. So it always grew toward the sun. So by the, by like September, we didn't cut it back. Half the driveway was covered because the sun, the thing, it was growing that direction. It was going sideways because it was trying to get to the sun. Yeah. But it just was out of control. The lavender was everywhere, but it smelled amazing. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and there's your terpene. There's some terpenes right there. Lavender is, that's what's so interesting. It's like, you know, you smell that stuff and you're like, it smells amazing. It's exactly mm-hmm. the same with, with cannabis. When we were at the, at the cultivation site, it's so interesting. You know, you talk about the terpenes and they impact, that's, that's what the smell of cannabis is. It's the smell of all the flowers. I mean, roses, mm-hmm. lavender, and the, the smell from the terpenes in that, in that plant. But it was really interesting to go from you know, the early grow rooms where the plants are so young, it smelled so green and so like fresh green, like, you know, like fresh grass and stuff. So that's how, uh-huh. and then you, as you get to the other grow rooms, as they're further along in the process, it'd be a totally different smell. And then you get to the harvesting part and it smells like traditional cannabis, like we're used to the smell, but it's mm-hmm. wild how different the smell changes. And even we were, he even let us touch some of the leaves with, we had rubber gloves on. And he said, there's two different strains, right? There's so, cannabis has, you know, there's so many strains of cannabis with different properties, right? And this one was called um, salty watermelon, which happens to be one of my favorite sativa strains. And there was the one across, right across from it called sour papaya. And when I touched the salty watermelon, he said, now smell your, smell where you touch. And I smelled my hand and it smelled like burned rubber, which was interesting because it doesn't taste like that. And it doesn't smell like that when you use it. But mm-hmm. that's what the terpenes smelled like right there on that, on like live like that. And he, then I did the sour papaya and smelled my hand. It smelled exactly like grapefruit. I mean, like, like straight up grapefruit. It smelled like I was putting my face right into it, into a grapefruit. Yeah. So 
it's interesting. And those are just two, they look exactly the same, these plants, you know, but so different, you know, mm-hmm. and the quality and, and because of those differences in the smell, it's a totally different experience when you use the product too, right? What salty watermelon gives me is different than what sour papaya gives me from a relief standpoint. Yeah. You know, I love salty watermelon because it's one of the few sativas that gives me, you know, that really I can use it during the day and not be super duper stoned. And that's mm-hmm. what I need. <laughs> you know, if I, yeah. if I use it during the daytime, I need something that's not going to make me stoned. And that's one of my favorites, but it doesn't taste or smell like burning rubber when I use it. But in that early stage, it had that, those terpenes were kicking and it's a totally different smell than, you know, so it's interesting. Yeah. How, how, how different cannabis plants can be, even though they look the same. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on and sharing everything, all of this with us. Very informative. And I didn't even know half of this stuff. <laughs> so thank you so much. <laughs> well, if, if you guys, if any of the viewers you know are interested and they need more information about if they want to get a card, you know, you can always reach out to me. Like I said, or you can just do a Google search, you know, um, you know, Ohio medical marijuana card, but make sure you price shop because honestly, there are companies that pay to have their pop up first on a Google search. Yeah. Oh, and really? Some of those companies. Oh. Yeah. I mean, like you could, you, there, there are ways to make, make the algorithm so that the, they pop up. Uh, there's yeah. actually one, one company that actually has the name so that when you type it up, you type up Ohio marijuana card. That's the name of an actual company, Ohio Marijuana. Oh. They did that on purpose so that you could, you know, they would pop up first. All I'm trying to say is just make sure that when, if you want to get a card, do your price shopping because there are places that are much more expensive than others. So don't, don't just say, oh, this is where I go. There's lots of places out there. Okay. Mm-hmm. And how would someone, they, oops, sorry. Go ahead. But I was just going to say, how would someone get a hold of you if they had questions? Um, you can, um, I don't know how you do it on your podcast, yeah. but you know, if you want to, I can give you my email. They can, if anyone wants to email me, that's I fine. could leave that in the show notes, your email. Yeah, like when, yeah, that's totally fine. And then, like I said, if somebody gets their card and they're like, okay, now what, you know, where I live, you know, there's, like I said, there's, I've got, there's dispensaries all over the place here. You know, Northeast Ohio is awesome for that. We have a lot of dispensaries here. And even where, where we live, we have, within 20 minutes, each direction, we've got at least four, you know, right here. And then if you go a little further out, there's three more. So, I mean, there's plenty of dispensaries in this area. So, (laughs) yes. So I work, I guess I'll just tell you because, you know, I work at Rise, Rise Dispensary. We have five, we have five of them in the state of Ohio. There's four in Northeast Ohio, one's in Toledo, but the rest are in Northeast Ohio where we are. So they're, if anyone we you know wants to come see me, if they get their card and want to come see me at work, they can come see me there and I can give you the information or they can email me and I can tell them exactly which location I work at, you know, so that you know, if they want to get more information directly yeah. from me, I can work, I can be their patient care specialist if they want. So, but either way, you walk into a dispensary, someone's going to help you. <laughs> yeah. Well, awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Now I'm going to go medicate. <laughs> 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 I have a little too much work to do right now. I will medicate in a little while, but yes. Yeah. Well, that's the thing too. Is that, remember, I say that and I laugh, but I mean, remember that I do this every day and I know exactly what to do to not. Yeah. And I, I, I always joke with my, my daughters, my, well, my sons do their, their friends, parents, when they come over, I'm like, I want you to understand that even if you smell this, I'm not stoned with your child. I promise you. <laughs> I'm not stoned with your child. I promise you that you know, yes, I'm medicating, but I know exactly how much, you know, it's like, it's the person that has a glass of wine is not drunk. You know, they, yeah, you know, you know, right. how, you know exactly what you need and where to stop. So you're not over that edge. So yeah, but yeah, it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> I like, I like watching the reactions of people. They're like, what? I'm like, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> but it's, it's hard. You gotta, un- you gotta unlearn that stuff. I mean, it's, we have been programmed that it's terrible and it's not yeah. at all. So you know, yeah. I was programmed that way too. It took, I had to unlearn it as well. You know, I grew up <gasps> marijuana. That's terrible. You know, I grew up mm-hmm. the same way. So, and yeah. now look at me. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm selling it. <laughs> <laughs> legally, <gasps> legally. Yes. yes. <laughs> and hopefully it looks, Ohio will probably 
there are multiple bills down in Columbus and there's a couple petitions now as well, um, or ballot initiatives for making Ohio a, a recreational state, an adult use state. So it's only a matter of time. Either it's going to be completely legal federally or it's going to mm-hmm. be um, it'll be wreck in Ohio. So in fact, a lot of the cultivation and dispensary sites are, are kind of ramping up, getting ready for that along, you know, with that when that happens so that they're ready to absorb the volume that will come yeah. with that. So it's going to happen. Oh, yeah. Well, thank you again. My pleasure. This is fun. (laughs) Thank you for tuning into this week's episode of Fit, Fun, and Frazzled. Please make sure to share it with someone else you think will enjoy it and benefit from it. Make sure to subscribe to my podcast on any major podcast platforms that you listen to so you can stay up to date to all new episodes. In my show notes, you can find where you could reach Lori for more information.